0: of G.I. Joe the Nets Only Podcast, coming at you from Cape Town, South Africa, Johannesburg, South Africa, and Long Beach, USA, about G.I. Joe. <laughs> and tonight, we're going to get cracking on a concept that has been on G.I. Joe's radar for some time now, and it's the first time G.I. Joe is going to address it. It's the Hasbro Cinematic Universe. We're going to be tackling it in a debate style, with a motion entitled the HCU will enhance our hobby. Proposing the motion and picked at total random will be Rob and Paul. Opposing the motion, (laughs) naturally by uh, process of elimination, it's Cujo and Steven. And while it pains me greatly to be negative about about this new cinematic venture, I will try my damnedest to uh, do uh, Whatever. <laughs> I'm a gas bag.
1: Anyway, what's up, gents? How are you doing? I'm ready. I, it all comes from a place of passion. Negative or positive, uh, it's all good.
0: This is our first episode back since uh, G.I. Joe Con 2016 in Atlanta. And I am beaming with excitement. Because why? Because there are new G.I. Joe toys hitting retail. New toys to talk about. <laughs> there have been some great reveals uh, at the Joe Con. New characters. That is probably the most exciting reveal uh, in those glass cases. We're getting completely new characters, which makes me a very happy boy. I know I'll be adding a few of them to my forces. Hmm, new characters.
1: Oh, I say move over, Snake Eyes. The coolest character is now Shooter. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shooter comes to us <laughs> way, way back from one of the pages
0: of issue number one of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, way back in 1982. She is the de facto 14th member of the original 14, a character that was retconned, essentially, but hey, she is there on that panel of that page of that comic book. There is a sort of team selection screen that General Austin and Colonel Abernathy are discussing the members best suited for their daring rescue of Lady Doomsday from the clutches of Cobra Command. And it basically has a mugshot of each of the original 13 members, but there's a 14th panel on the screen, and it has, well, the character's face is obscured. We can see that the character has dark hair and has the code name Shooter, allegedly a, uh, a nod to... Marvel Comics Editor-in-Chief Jim Shooter of the time, but this was a 14th character that uh, we we didn't, didn't have an action figure of, and was later retconned into continuity as a character who in fact was in that first mission of the G.I. Joe team from the pages of, of issue number one. She was a sniper who covered the G.I. Joe's withdrawal from the island using a Cobra helicopter and she stayed behind to basically cover the Joe's exit and died. Sniper. <laughs> and died completing her mission, which immediately adds just a veneer of cool to this action figure. What say you, gents? I like the uh, eye
2: paint. <laughs> you like the eye paint? Well, like to expand on that, I like that she's looking in the same direction, but like both eyes. We can only hope that at
0: retail she'll look just as good. The uniform is very basic in an original 13 kind of style, and I'm in favor with that. How about you guys?
2: I'm not loving it, uh, but I think I'm in the minority here. Uh, When I say this, I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more detail. Uh, She has got a very plain sculpt, and I know that it's supposed to evoke uh, an original 13 kind of vibe. I just think a little bit of extra detail would have just sold it a bit more for me. I'm gonna be buying this toy regardless because the character is damn cool. It's not putting me off. I just would have loved to have seen a little bit, little more detail on her. That's all.
0: I'm gonna dispute that by saying that most of us will be trying to incorporate her into 25th anniversary style uh, original 13 action figures. So the plainness will help her gel with those action figures. You know whether she's being posed with the original 13 or on the back of a ram or strapped to a jump jetpack, she's going to have the look and feel of an original 13 Joe, but be a completely new one, uh, which is very exciting, a very unique character and something that's much needed in the G.I. Joe ranks, Uh, a dedicated sniper who is also a female. Uh, Yeah, she kind of stands alone in that regard.
1: Paul, I pose a question, brother. Do you see her romantically with anybody on the Joe team? Maybe a future two-pack?
2: I think it's just cuz I'm not a 14-year-old girl, so I don't think about that kind of stuff <laughs> to Damn be very it. honest. But uh, as a 2pack, I can see her working really well as a, a badass girls of, you know, GI Joe 3pack so her um Scarlett and Lady J and maybe giving them like, you know, some cool gear, maybe updating Scarlet's original sculpt. I could see something cool like that happening. I uh, could have her uh, the shooter and sniper or, you know, the eyes and trigger kind of pack where, you know, you put her with somebody like low light. You I could see. even have her as the uh, recluse, uh, never at the base Joe pack. And you can have her and Outback together in a two pack to be separated. I don't That's
0: horrific. <laughs> she's never at the base because she's deceased.
2: <laughs> hey, Foster we could have a, a dead Joe's five pack.
1: <laughs> what? Dude, you're on fire right now. Slow
0: down. <laughs> yeah, but, well it, it'll be a bit of an in joke. Like you'd have had to have a bit of knowledge of uh comic book lore or maybe animated series lore to know who the deceased Joes are. So you don't you don't have, have to ever good. advertise it as like <laughs> dead Joes. You can say something ominous like uh Hall of Fame or In memoriam.
2: <laughs> Yes Yes. Yes, or uh, Killed in the Line of Duty or something. or Yeah, uh, the KIA maybe pack. not
0: anything
1: yes. too on the nose, but... Honorably discharged. <laughs> so, posthumous awards. Can we address Cobra's uh, affirmative action division uh, with the introduction of Tombstone? I, I and don't
2: Tombstone, think, I... ladies and gentlemen, is not when you go for a number two in the bush. So just putting that out there.
1: Thank I you thought it was a wrestling a... move. Isn't it?
2: <laughs> it is.
1: Well, it's up for grabs. This character has no personality to me. How do we give this guy anything, like, to, to go off of? Tombstone, what is this guy like? What is he to you guys? If we could give him any personality, like an animal companion, maybe a signature weapon, what are you thinking here?
2: Hey, I'm saying that Tombstone's gonna be the most popular cobra in Kruger's Dorp. Okay, is, is all I I'm putting Tombstone out I think Tombstone
1: should
0: come with a pet tiger. A tiger you say a tiger That's... yeah and he should also have some facial tattoos i don't know if that evokes any um character from from the real world uh, perhaps um, uh, yeah. with the <laughs> initials <laughs> mt maybe
2: <laughs> i i would have personally gone for tattoos on the face just to give him a little bit more something just to That's give his that. character more depth instead of it just being like Oh, action features are uh, black guy in a cobra uniform.
0: In Stalker's original presentation, they gave him this crazy backstory that he was the warlord of an urban gang in Detroit. How you go from that to being a rather honorable and upright and like incredibly ethical soldier par excellence? Is anybody's guess. Dude, that's the power of the army. <laughs> Tombstone is what you'd actually get when you take someone from the streets who has a, a, a life of violent crime behind him and then introduce him to a whole slew of new and powerful friends, uh, that being the Cobra organization. That's where I'm thinking Tombstone is headed. It's, well,
1: a tiger, a pit bull... Uh, a, a chromed revolver a block like i, I don't I, I
2: don't know at this point i'm like not i'm like way past animal companion and i'm going straight into exclusive unique vehicle we just give him a fucking rhino dude and it's just got <laughs> rocket launches and shit on it and it's like a vehicle come animal <laughs> companion because then he has something then it's like oh tombstone yeah that's the guy that rides the rhino the one with the rocket launches the one that's not a car Or a tank.
0: And And Kujo, I know you say that the action figure itself looks rather generic and characterless. The base body is a fantastic sculpt, which I found quite wasted on the fact that it was a Pursuit of Cobra Firefly originally. It was a fantastic sculpt, but it didn't scream Firefly for me. So it kind of never became my default Firefly body sculpt, which is a pity because it is a fantastic sculpt. So it's breathed new life into a good sculpt that never really saw the light of day for me. I mean, I, I've got that action figure. It sits in a box uh, and doesn't really make it onto displays or anything because that's not Firefly enough. It was an intriguing new direction for Firefly, but give that body to a new character, and all of a sudden it will find the light of day. So I'm I'm in favor of that body. Hmm. Stiletto, gentlemen, stiletto. Opinions, please.
2: I think the face sculpt is dog ugly. Sorry, but it just it looks like a man. When I when I was shooting through images of Jokon, I didn't register that that was a girl until about the third time I actually went through all the pictures and actually started looking at them properly. I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a, a girl body.
0: <laughs> she does have a rather high widow's peak, but it's a new face sculpt and maybe... Maybe the original character is designed to have a receding hairline because she's transgendered or something I don't know man
2: no, I'm not against that I just I'm just remarking on it it's it's something that I don't personally think is very cool
0: if you want answers though gents on the action figure of stiletto or at least her character you're gonna have to take a look at Kindle Worlds because she is actually a fans choice action figure based upon a character authored by a, a fella called Bill Nedro and you can read his his uh, original fan fiction on Kindle Worlds and get better acquainted with this enigmatic female character called Stiletto
1: female we think they are allowing transgenders in the military now but that's that's a weird way to take this conversation <laughs> Stephen, I think you should write a G.I. Joe Kindle story about a G.I. Joe group of PSYOP characters that make podcasts.
0: Hmm.
1: Cool. Okay. (laughs) Well,
0: uh, let's move on to some more familiar territory. Heavy Duty. Paul?
2: I'd say the the biggest loser at the convention was definitely Heavy Duty. A close second uh, being Tolkien. And third place is Duke. But Heavy Duty is just, he's really boring. I I think it's cool that they're using that big body that they've used for um, uh, Retaliation, Roadblock, etc. And uh, Leatherneck and all that. It's a big, burly man body. (laughs) Uh, So it's great for characters like Heavy Duty. But it's just that the space sculpt is really boring. It has no character. I would have liked to have seen a few more nods to the actual original figure in this. uh, Like the torn sleeves, that kind of thing. On the belt, it's still got those little notches for that functionality, for that like knuckle duster functionality that they added to the retaliation roadblock. This figure is a Frank and Joe and it's not in any of the three packs that I want to buy. So it's not a figure I'm going to get my hands on or that I care too much to get.
0: Do you guys know an actor called Steve Harris? I don't know. He played uh, Eugene in The Practice, if you were a fan. He was also one of the bad guys. He actually was the squad automatic weapons kind of guy in the rock. black actor shaved head, quite uh sort of rounded jaw. Oh yes, I know he well about, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you can uh, conjure up an image of him in your mind, but the face cop just at a glance on heavy duty kind of looks like him.
2: It's just that the the sharpness in the face sculpt is is missing. The features are very dull. That's that's the thing. Like,
0: hopefully, when he's not viewed through a glass case, yes, it'll sharpen things up a bit. Because the the face sculpt is the selling point.
2: Yeah. No, totally. And the only. I I just hate the reuse of the retaliation roadblock lower torso legs thing. It's just because it's they just I don't know they take something away from the the proportion of the figure. I don't know. Just right now I think it's the biggest loser Falcon uh, I'm sure you can say more about Falcon than I can I just think Falcon is just it just completely it misses the mark yes the face sculpt is cool and I've always liked that face sculpt I've got the I've got the um uh, what's that place, big bad toy stall exclusive marauders Renegades. Falcon. And he's great. Although I'm not a big fan of the color scheme so much, he's still a great toy. He's he's, he's my Falcon. He's Falcon. And the Duke, <laughs> uh, it's the best head sculpt, but those colors, oh, my God. I know that they're trying to invoke a classic Duke here, but he looks like he's wearing a jacket. <laughs> like a giant, big, puffy bomber jacket. He just looks so silly.
0: That he does, man. That he does.
2: I'm not even going to mention the Iron Grenadiers because... Like, by this point, I would have expected them... If they're going to re-release Iron Grenadiers, then, you know what? Don't release the same goddamn sculpt from, like, what? Ten years ago now? You know? It's a great... It's
1: after body, buddy. Save some of that venom.
2: But it's still a Battle Armor Cobra Commander. And you can see it. And it's very obvious in this figure. And it just... It takes... Like... And I've said this before in a previous episode. They use those parts well, and they captured the look and the feel down to the T I feel but things are better and the thing that just irritates me about this is just one thing that they just had to change it's just the upper portion of the legs where the quads are and where they meet the hips I hate that very obvious ball joint like it's very ball shaped it's a serious eyesore it just irritates the shit out of me it's just one of those things that they could have fixed up and then yeah I mean, I'm not going to go into them re-releasing the Vipers again, because guys like army builders. And, you know, the zombies are a fantastic figure from the Joe line. And it's great that people will finally get to get them again, because a lot of people missed out, apparently, on them. So, yeah, cool that they're back. Yay.
0: Hey, Captain Negativity, who's the biggest winner?
2: Um, us, I hope.
0: (laughs) I got some winners. (laughs) Give me some winners, Kujo.
2: The biggest winners are the female Cobra officer, hands down for me. Yes, uh, big time. Like I'm so, like I've said it earlier, so happy. Although I don't like saw vipers, he looks cool. He's well cobbled together. Outback. Outback is uh, a whole bunch of parts reuse again. Uh, same complaints as heavy duty, but at least they give him the uh, accessories to go with the gear. And I think a lot of guys, myself included, if we got this toy. Uh, we're just going to repaint it anyway uh, to suit our needs. I know that they're trying to evoke a Night Force Outback kind of feel here, but I'm going to completely like Tiger Force him. I might even actually take my uh, retaliation roadblock, the first wave, and actually just turn that into an outback, into an ultimate Outback. I might save myself some cash here. But he's still a cool toy because Outback's an awesome character. Uh, my favorites for the line female Cobra Officer, uh, Shooter, and Outback. And the Saw. They will most likely come home to me.
1: The Cobra Female Officer is a good addition just because Silverface Cobra Commander needs some female drama. He's needed it for decades. I think the biggest loser is the continuance of just the missing of, of the tone of the toy line. I mean, Snake Eyes has like, he's a walking arsenal. and I. Uh, I just,
2: that Snake Eyes is beautiful. I will. I didn't talk about that Snake Eyes at all because I love that toy. I've got him. Yeah but he he's is a carrying a broadsword,
1: brother. Like things are
2: no, out of proportion. He should be That's a similar
1: closer to shooter than to that, that bulky thing he is now. I am nah. just saying, like, we need him nimble, dude. There's enough people walking around with like cannons for arms. That's all. Nah. <laughs> I've
2: got the Snake Eyes. Um and it's still one of my most valued Joe's. Uh, when you see him in hand, his proportions work, he is he has got the right kind of weight. If you want to bring him down a little bit, take off his web gear. He's got good proportions. He's a fantastic right, figure. Okay. That's one thing Hasbro did that's really cool. This toy being re-released is a great thing. Okay, yes, it's another fucking Snake Eyes, but it's the coolest, one of the coolest Snake Eyes's to ever come out in this line, and people missed it. And it's going for ridiculous prices on eBay, so I think it's great that guys can get a chance to get this again. Um, is also a serious win. That Storm Shadow is balls. I actually think that the um, the release after that Storm Shadow, the, the actual um, one that's closer to the animated series, is actually a better toy. Save this one. Uh, personally. But this one is right up there. Um, I can't, I'll shoot down any criticism on that Snake Eyes. That Snake Eyes is, is gold.
1: Oh, I'm glad I hit your button. But that, that Storm Shadow... <laughs> Uh, Storm Shadow is kind of a mess, too, because he's got his sideburns hanging out of his mask. Really?
2: That's the alternate head. That's the head from Renegades. Um, He's actually got a normal head.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't feel right.
2: But but you hit the nail on the head there. You're right down Rob's alley. Um, (laughs) uh, The animated series that they released in the wave after that is pretty much the same figure, but it's got an animated Storm Shadow head, and it's got the sleeveless arms, and the aesthetic is much cooler. So you got all of the gear that's compatible from the previous wave with the animated series Storm Shadow, and that makes it a, a like a, a a primo figure. I love it. We're
1: gonna and have so, to have we're gonna have a have to have a separate group of conversations called the definitive sculpt, where we can each pick our own definitive sculpt. I like that. Episode sixty-seven <laughs> topic is. We can't do every character. We can only do one character at a time.
0: Nah, maybe we can make it a feature of every episode. But I think we're going to segue into the main event of this episode. You guys ready to talk some Hasbro cinematic universe? Let's do it. All right. We're going to do a a more traditional debate style on this one. We're going to go around the horn, giving each of us an opportunity to, well, the proposers to propose, and the opposers to then reply. And it's going to go in the following order. Rob's going to open us up with a little bit of history about the Hasbro Cinematic Universe, and perhaps some predictions on where it might go, and why it will indeed enhance our hobby. I'm going to then respond to that, followed by another uh, proposer, that being Paul. And wrapping things up, it's gonna be Kujo, who I think for the remainder of this episode will take on the characteristics of Norgahyde's boar, aka <laughs> Mr.
1: McSnorty. Only one only one per round, but I can work with that. Thank you,
0: Steven. <laughs> Donada <laughs> So over awesome. to you, Rob. What is the Hasbro Cinematic Universe all about? And why will it indeed enhance our hobby?
3: Oh, okay, so basically at this point in time, there isn't much information regarding this cinematic universe. We're essentially going on gut sensations here, very subjective points of view. We wouldn't like it any other way, I suppose. So basically the information that we know so far is that Paramount and Hasbro are getting together to make a cinematic universe in the style of, say, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the the, the beginnings of the DC Comics Cinematic Universe where they want to make all their little properties work together in the same place, and everything interact, and encourage lots of people to go to all their movies, because now you have no choice, because this connects to that, and this connects to that. They've got together a writer's team of quite a few writers. Probably the most notable would be um, Brian K. Vaughan, who's quite a big uh, comic book writer, and has also worked on a couple of TV series adapting his own things, and also Lost, as well as... Couple of other TV series, um, and it's quite a diverse team of writers. Some of them will have worked on some of the Marvel movies that have already been made, and will work on some of the other ones that have yet to come out. We also know that which properties are currently involved with the cinematic universe, and they are GI Joe, the Micronauts, Mask, Rom, Space Knight, and the Visionaries. At this point in time, they haven't confirmed yet whether or not the Transformers are involved in this bigger universe. It kind of makes sense that they should be, but it's not being confirmed. The other thing we know is that the G.I. Joe universe is the one that everything is going to spin out of. But what has not been confirmed yet is if it's spinning out of the existing movies that have come before, or if they're going to start all over again, going like, just ignore those old movies. And the last thing we do know is that the earliest we'll be getting the first film, whatever it might be, is in 2018 or 2019. We're about a year, two years away from our first experience of this thing, and I'm sure we'll probably do a follow-up with this topic.
0: Oh, live broadcast (laughs) from the Cineplex, of course.
3: (laughs) Oh, excellent. And then I suppose the, um, the other thing we know is that IDW publishes basically all of these uh, comic book properties uh, currently, and that they have started to create their own shared universe. I suppose two years ahead of the cinematic universe, which is kind of, I guess, will be a proving ground for whether or not all these properties work together and, you know, build up interest for the um, the coming storm. Beautiful,
2: uh, yes, stunning cover art, by, by the, the way.
3: New comics. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and the com the main crossover. Event. Um, also, it looks like they have a very good art.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's called but Revolution anyway. uh, or something like that.
3: Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, re- re- Revolve, Revolution. What? <laughs> revolution.
2: Revolution. There's even a Rob Liefeld variant for those of you who like your pouches. So, you know, <laughs> get in line for that.
3: And those who like their, uh, their characters not to have feet.
2: Uh, some other things, um, do, to, to go with that. I mean, just to go with IDW is they're also doing an action man series. And I know that there was some stuff mentioned about that at JoeCon as well. But for all we know, we might even have action man in this uh, cinematic universe going forward.
3: Um, no, I think this will definitely enhance our hobby. I mean, anytime that you make movies, you get a lot of cool new toys that come out of that. And then also it will enhance our hobby in the way that We're connecting all these other toys into this, all these properties into our our beloved G.I. Joe. And that also expands our interests beyond that. So then, you know, maybe before we were just G.I. Joe fans, suddenly we're going to be Visionaries fans. You know, getting on our magical uh, futuristic armor and just flashing each other with holograms. So I think that's that's pretty awesome. I think that's my main, yeah, probably my main thing is that whenever you do do these really big things, it creates more interest. And it encourages the the company itself to produce better products. I think.
0: So we're we talking about the toys.
3: Yeah, I think I think well, it, it, that's our hobby, isn't it? Our hobby uh, is
0: agreed. Toys. Yeah, bring it back, man. Will this enhance our toy collecting?
3: Yes, it will, because there'll be a lot more toys out there. It'll encourage them to make more cool toys, because there'll be a higher demand. And then it also opens it up to a much wider audience. People who haven't discovered GI Joe before will now be interested in it. I think that's probably my main point. That's quite (laughs) adequate. Then I guess the
0: microphone flips back to me. Oh, no. As first member of the opposition to Mm -hmm. uh, the motion that the Hasbro Cinematic Universe will enhance our love for our hobby. Get him. Oh, here we go. My opponent mentioned that uh, the... Hasbro Cinematic Universe will be couched in the the same style as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and already we see a problem. Not only does the Marvel stable of characters have a shared continuity that goes back through decades of comic book writing, they've also had a very well-plotted and planned trajectory of cinematic releases that add to their storyline, thus building our familiarity with the characters and the world that they inhabit. Hasbro want to smash it all into one movie. And anyone who's seen Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice knows exactly how problematic trying to do something that ambitious can be. Preach. Because things are dealt with very, very superficially. And ultimately, no justice is done whatsoever. The properties are not served by trying to smash this shared cinematic universe in one go. Testify. Do you have a point of information? Oh,
3: no, I think I forgot to mention. (laughs) They, at least on IMDB, when they credit these um, different writers, they have actually credited them as being on multiple different films. So, so uh, they're it's a not disparate this, bunch. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's not that it's not that there's going to be one film. It's just that they have planned at least one film for each of these characters first, or each of these teams before they even perhaps you know move into this this very specific crossover film. Well, should, that's
0: very good news indeed. Uh, if they are planning on playing a long game, all of a sudden. I will concede that 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 certainly does make me a little bit more excited and and less skeptical of this concept because one must admit that at the outset it just seems like a huge cash-in. Like superhero team movies where we link up all our characters and universes is such a popular draw at the box office. Let's use our disparate stable of characters and just pump out the same concept. Yeah. Uh, some of those characters haven't been touched since the 80s. I mean, visionaries, ROM, all of these guys need uh, a little bit more fuel to burn because they've been dormant for some time. Mask as well. Cool concepts, but largely untouched since their heyday. So I hope this big team of writers managed to catch that lightning in a bottle that was the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I'm sure we can all agree catching lightning in a bottle is uh, no small feat. Inc- but I think my primary opposition to uh, the Hasbro Cinematic Universe and the reason why it is not going to significantly add anything to our beloved hobby of toy collecting, and specifically G.I. Joe toy collecting, is because I have been noting the steady decline in the quality and type of movie toys that we are being shoveled these days. They've gone from, I think, their Zenith, back with the Iron Man 2 action figures that were shiny very multiply articulated, expansive in their scope, bringing in comic book characters in their comic book designs, movie characters in their movie designs, and concept characters that are just right off the pages of a toy designer's uh, sketchbook, and smashing them all into one line. From that, we have seen a steady decline year on year to the point where our action figures on our two inches tall have five points of articulation, and the worst paint apps uh, of any action figures I've ever seen, save for knockoff China Mall garbage, mass produced and bearing the moniker Super, super Hero Force Hero, Hero. <laughs> or <laughs> Super Deformation Robot, Robert Cop, and shit like that. Uh, and I can guarantee you, folks, that if we are seeing a crossover between particularly G.I. Joe and Mask, I can guarantee you the scaling will not favor G.I. Joe. It will favor the mask 2-inch scale or however tall they, those figures are. But the quality will not not approach anything of what we saw from Kenner in the 1980s mask line. Uh, so this is not going to enhance our hobby in any material way because these figures and toys are going to be ignored by those of us who enjoy the quality of yesteryear. So this is going to just be another misstep in toy history. Just riding on the coattails of a movie's mass appeal that toy makers know these toys are going to sell even if they're complete garbage and best left ignored by yours truly. And with that I pass the mic over to our second speaker for the proposition, that is Paul Lopesha. Yay! Take it away, Paul.
2: One of the coolest things to come out of Hasbro lately that's been an 80s line, and it's not something that I really like or have any love for whatsoever, but I can appreciate the quality of it, is My Little Pony. Yes, I said it, ladies and gentlemen. But if you take a trip to the toy aisle and you look at the My Little Pony figures, You'll see that the My Little Pony figures, in a similar fashion to the 25th anniversary Joes, are a a subtle improvement. Okay, let's say with the My Little Pony stuff, they're All a right, major yeah. they're a major improvement over the original figures. Um, I know that a lot of the nostalgic fans, whatever, like the old ponies. That's cool for them, whatever. I hate them both, but it's proof that that there is a line of toys that, because it was very popular in a global consciousness, like My Little Pony. The products have actually gotten better. Um, so, in terms of um, merchandising, there is the high possibility and the high likelihood of this film project being a huge success, and them actually producing a high quality, you know, merchandise to go with the branding. To add to this argument, uh, unfortunately, as as much as comic book films are very popular at the moment, and as, especially with Marvel, there are not a lot of kids actually reading comic books. Okay. Yes, I know. There's probably someone in the back going, "My kid reads comic books." I'm like, "That's great." Your kid's watching cartoons and he's playing the game, the app on his iPad. What I'm trying to get at is that there isn't as much uh, love for comic books as as what we had when we were younger. Um, so, a lot of the merchandise for comic book fans is seeing a decline, especially in the smaller scales. Uh, when you look at the comic book exclusive stuff, um, DC Direct, the Marvel Select line. These are bigger toys, but they have multiple points of articulation, and they're trying to have, they're trying to put in a lot of detail. So, on one side of the spectrum, Marvel is trying to accommodate to their fans by having this bigger scale because they think that's what's working for them. The movie stuff is very flash in the pan. Marvel and Disney know that, hey, they got a movie, they can throw out a whole bunch of merchandise with it, and we've seen it with Star Wars as well. We've seen as steven mentioned yes we've seen a smaller scale we've seen very bad paint apps we've seen lackluster features lackluster articulation but the thing is these are flash in the pan lines and if hasbro and i feel that they can do it uh, with their cinematic universe if they can capture the same lightning in the bottle that they did when they released the transformers forms i think that there's a high likelihood that we're going to get A stable merchandise presence with a lot of the product that's going to come from from this merging of properties, of uh, IPs. Now, let me just paint a picture for you guys quickly. Uh, With all of these uh, movies, uh, or with the movies that they want to do, the one thing that I've seen, this could be Rumor Mill, but this was an actual photo. And it's Michael Bay, and it's that little um, dustbin that turns into a scooter whose name I can never remember from Mask. And a little girl. and t bob Yeah, there we go. Bebop or Bebo. uh,
0: T-Bob, dickhead. (laughs) (laughs)
3: It's Mars Crusaders.
2: Okay, so that's for the kids in the cheap seat. Okay. Now, he's been redesigned. And when I looked at that, I was like, oh, Lord. Okay, so this is how it's going to go. Somehow, mask technology is going to be... This is all speculation, of course, from my part. But it looks like... Mask technology is going to be derived from Cybertronian technology. That's how I think this film is going to merge. I think ROM is going to be some kind of MacGuffin in the sense that, or some kind of plot device that, um, Cobra is trying to get their hands on to make some kind of ultimate weapon because movie plots don't often stray too far from that. So the movie I think is going to be a lot about them all getting to ROM. And that's how the visionaries will be put into the whole thing as well. I feel now, I don't know if you guys have heard me say this countless times before. I'm not sure if the audience or if our listeners have, but I've always felt that the military portions of the Transformers films have felt more G.I. Joe than the G.I. Joe movies have. The team dynamics that are developed there, the sort of soldier archetypes, they seem to be more derived from G.I. Joe than the G.I. Joe film characters were. So I think that G.I. Joe might benefit from this or might succeed from this in in a way that characters will be more likable and more, uh, and will be presented in a way that a younger generation will think is cool. Um, and I think if you have GI Joes and guys from Mask driving transforming vehicles that are derived from Cybertronian technology, I think kids might go quite nuts for that. I think they might really get into that kind of concept. And I think the toys coming from that line are going to be they are going to have some of the shortcomings that we have in toy lines uh, today, but what we've seen with the Transformers stuff, and even today, the Transformers stuff might not be at the best quality, but it's still at a good standard, at least for kids. Um, it's got, you know, they've still got some great designs coming out. They're still doing some interesting things. So I think we, as toy collectors, might benefit from that greatly. I don't think that we're going to get a GI Joe Renaissance. Okay, I don't think we're going to get some kind of revival of G.I. Joe. I think what's going to happen is the brand is going to transform into something else. And I think that that could be pretty good uh, moving forward because it means that people that are from, from our generation and generations before that who are into G.I. Joe or are creating G.I. Joe content are going to still carry on making the content we love because they're going to have the budget uh, to do so, you know, and. Uh, And this is evidenced by the fact that we still have IDW's run of the G.I. Joe comic book, which, sadly, none of us can really get our hands on properly.
0: Um, Paul, I'm going to have to ask you to wrap it up, my friend. No, no, that's cool. Your five minutes are up.
2: (laughs) So just to bullet point what I'm saying here, the story could be so interesting and the films could be so interesting because of the source material that we could get good product. 80s products revived in a very smart way like My Little Pony, have proven that it can work really well. And lastly, if there is a budget that is generated from the success of this, it means that there will still be content created and there might still be collectible content created to the quality and standard that we like as fans. So those would be my three points.
0: Very well. And with any luck, that would help us uh, enjoy
1: our hobby. Kujo, would you like to respond to anything that Paul has raised? I would. And since I'm in a pig form, I will roll in some mud and then I will lay waste to you with my tusks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You go, Mr. McSnorty. <laughs> did uh, did Paul bring my little, little pony to a G.I. Joe fight? Is that what I heard? Um, I'm going to put that to rest right there. A shared universe means that there's compelling characters. Right now we don't have those. Stateside, guns aren't real popular right now, so I'm not sure how they're going to deal with a military entertainment movie. Um, That remains to be seen. For me, there's only one place for the G.I. Joe line to go right now, and it's not just because I did a project in the vein of it, but I think at its best form, in this iteration, G.I. Joe should have its own property, and it should be... Something that's on HBO, to be honest, because the collecting base is all collected out. We want to see a fresh uh, version of the characters that we now look at as adults. So no more toys. Not for now. Uh, Kids aren't playing with toys. If they do, uh, parents aren't going to want to put uh, automatic weapons in their hands, you know. So I think you have to take it an adult angle and reverse engineer popularity. Do the Game of Thrones route. Create a show where Destro's, you know, drowning people in, in, you know, bullets and stuff, and just take it from there. Doing a do a fresh take because I, I don't see any of, I don't see it working with Rom. Do you guys see those worlds overlapping?
2: I do, but um, I'm letting you have your your time in the air right now. I don't want to get in there.
1: That's fair. I mean, yeah. I, that's as much air as I need. I don't think a shared universe works because the collecting base is too intelligent. We don't need to get Kitty. We need to like use GI Joe to tell a story of the '80s and how the '80s became the '90s through military force, and, and do it in colorful characters that represent, you know, personalities that existed in society. Because the the GI Joe characters have so many flashy costumes and they're 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 so well designed to, to just cover them in body armor and you know. Oh, this guy's Duke because he has blonde hair, but he, he just has body armor on, like like everybody else. Uh, that that's not what so, GI like Joe was. Michael Bay, everyone. GI Joe was people with boars and stuff running around with with crazy hats on. Like that's what they need. To me, which,
2: which, yeah, which is why I think GI Joe and Mask being in the same universe as Transformers would be would give that colorful nature of gi joe a lot more pathos it would give it something deeper it would Mass? make people oh okay like transforming vehicles okay i can understand why that guy's got a, a ball with him you might have a situation where norga doesn't have a real ball he's got some kind of cybernetic ball which he's like linked to like psychically or something through some kind of technology that cobra's you know harvested from rom's spaceship or something that's yeah. crashed or some shit, you know?
0: Paul, you should be in the think tank, man. Call those writers up. Oh, well,
1: no, <laughs> they're missing someone. Well, whoever somewhere. they have assembled, they don't hold they don't hold a candle to Joburg. We're too deep in the game. <laughs> if this finds Hasbro's ears, and it will, because I'll put it in front of your eyes, take us back to the 80s. Like, Retrowave, use use Synthwave, use those garish laser rifles. Like Take us back to some heavy metal shit. I mean, that's, that's where it needs to go. Like, let's get crazy. Amen.
0: And so you you believe then that the shared cinematic universe is a misstep uh, for G.I.
1: Joe. Don't chase, I buy that. Don't chase trends, ch- chase something new. Like, the biggest mistake that Hollywood makes is they just chase trends, and that's all this is. I mean, Hasbro's out of ideas, so they're like, let's put everything in a blender. No, let's find of the cult of the characters again, that, that world that G.I. Joe kind of swept us all up in. Like, let's find that and then go from there. That's mm, my Compelling stuff indeed. Rob, I do believe you've been keeping
0: some kind of uh, tabs on who said what in this debate. Do you want to quickly run over those those main bullets?
3: Okay, I th- I think I've got this sorted. Okay, so my, my argument was movies equal more merchandise and because of wider appeal and wider audience. Even his basic point was that we wouldn't buy that shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, basically that the toys wouldn't wouldn't be cool because of the, the current trends and the types of tie-in merchandise. Essentially, Paul's point was my little pony figures are good, therefore... <laughs> <any> <laughs> ...toys might be good. I think that's what his main point
2: was. <laughs> My Little Pony <laughs> isn't crazy. successful for some fucked up reason. And if they can sacrifice somebody to make that successful, they can sacrifice somebody to make <laughs> Joe successful.
3: And Kujo's main thing was following the current trends of movie making in Hollywood like they always do is not going to work out. Hmm. It's not it's not where G.I. Joe
1: should be going at this point. That's that's very succinct. Yeah, that's, very, that's what I saw. Boom. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it I must say, uh, nice. Kujo,
0: you've kind of blown this debate out of the water somewhat because I I heartily agree with you that it is problematic they haven't nailed G.I. Joe uh truthfully in a cinematic realm yet, and to do this shared cinematic universe with no real foundation for what G.I. Joe in a live-action medium should look like and feel like is problematic. I think we can all agree when Iron Man hit the silver screen, Tony Stark seemed to ring true. I think most comic book fans were in favor with his portrayal. And that set up a domino effect of very high-fidelity, well-fleshed-out and truthful comic book characters. I don't know if I'm on board with the the way G.I. Joe's been presented, certainly not in Rise of Cobra, and in the the rock show, i.e. Retaliation, still, I I, I was wandering in the mist there. I'm not entirely sure if this is my G.I. Joe. In fact, it definitely isn't my G.I. Joe. And so... Maybe it did need a more
1: serious tone. Maybe you're right. Well, I maybe I need to. I don't know about serious, but the '80s, the '80s kind of. When you say like stuff is from the '80s, like let's make a GI Joe movie set. Oh, I just said the '80s like seven times in a sentence, but when you watch Total Recall, the Schwarzenegger version, it's okay when people get get shot up and and turned into hamburger because I mean, it was a man, you know. You know, I always come back to the
0: the team. Dutch's team in 1987's Predator. Oh yeah. And how that just seems like
1: that just seems like the ultimate bunch of Joes, really. Well, if if you really wanted to kind of grassroots it, like make an adult show like sell the property to HBO, make like some kind of tight and then do a cartoon and and start out like with just a, a new line of of characters. I mean, you can do the originals, but just take it slow. Like, don't throw a bunch of army builders at us. Give us, like, a true reboot. And with the exception of ROM, all
0: these other properties are team groups. So you're looking at a cost of hundreds. So to try and flesh out your your protagonist, and let's face it, every movie, even a team movie, has to have someone who acts as your lens. I mean, in many respects, Civil War was an Avengers light. It was a team movie, but we had it through the lens of a character like Captain America, the outsider, the perennial everyman slash nobody's man. And that gave such credence and strength to the entire endeavor because at the end of the day, it told a very personal story. How the hell are you going to tell a personal story when you're throwing a mask team in together with a G.I. Joe team in together with Micronauts, visionaries? Who's the lead character?
3: Well, it's whoever the leader of the team would be, and I think I, I suppose they're kind of also assuming familiarity with the characters
1: as well. Uh, I don't think you can mix up about the toys anymore. Star Wars is about the only franchise that can get away with that. I mean, I think people need to find the pulse of a franchise again. That's that's that needs to be you know number one. And I did read a couple articles about the shared universe. They were putting emphasis on like creating strong women characters, and that's, that's crucial to to the survival of any storyline. But to, to come out stressing that from the think tank, that to me just says, oh, we're about PC. And, and when people go in with that, you can't tell stories that resonate. Like, like basically like propaganda it feels like i i, I don't think that's controversial that's just how i feel
2: i actually agree with you there um because i've made similar points about star wars about force awakens so i do feel that that is something that could you know hinder a form of this nature uh you must also understand that when i throw ideas out there like you know like i gave my my sort of interpretation of what the film is going to be like i'm doing it within the limitations of what is going to work for them you know i mean like i also stand very strongly on the side of like hey i'd also love to see a a a gi joe film set in the 80s with that kind of grit and neon and john Carpenter soundtrack and you know running man that bitch with a bit of predator in there you know what i mean like i'm I'm totally done with that but the reality is is that we're not necessarily going to get that and we're very likely going to see the Joes using weapons given to them by the visionaries, you know, stuff that shoots holograms out as opposed to like actual firearms and things like that. We are, the likelihood of that is pretty high. It's a pretty, but like, I, I mean, as I'm ever the optimist, uh, apparently <laughs> I, I want to see it succeed more than just believing it will succeed. It's kind of like if it does well, I really do feel that it's going to benefit our hobby. Like I mentioned before, it, it will put money in the right places. I mean, with the success of Transformers, we got so much cool Transformers stuff, like stuff that, as Transformers fans, we've wanted, you know, for a while, like really cool books about the Transformers that may, may have been published in part in the past, but, you know, we got the stuff that was fairly comprehensive. We got, um, it's a silly thing, but we got caps and T-shirts and belt buckles, which is awesome stuff. And it was retro Transformers stuff. It was you know, Takara's is making a lot of money. So we're still getting the masterpiece line of Transformers. You know, we still got the peg warmers or the, the the toy aisle sitters, but we're still getting an exclusive line because there's a budget there. And I, you know, if this movie, I don't even care what they fucking do with the G.I. Jones as long as it's successful because it means there'll be money. And money is good because money means that they go, wow, this is a brand we can capitalize on. Turtles is also a really good example of an 80s brand that has been reinvented in a good way. Although many people our age that we speak to didn't enjoy the Turtles film, a lot of kids did. But the merchandise coming out of there, the in the toy aisle versions of the of the Turtles, are not bad. They have fairly decent quality as figurine line. But the exclusive stuff, the statues, the revoltics from Japan, the 3-0 stuff that's coming out, it's outstanding stuff. It's really great, because people are like, oh my word, this... Franchise makes money, you know. So let's put it out there. So today.
0: Paul, you are optimistic that the Hansburh Cinematic Universe will generate toys that you will want to buy.
2: Definitely. That's yeah.
0: that that's where you're going with this, yeah. yeah. It's gonna create. Can I a, take that to be your your closing remark then? <laughs> yeah,
2: that that will be my closing remark because other 80s properties have had really good success with that, even when those 80s properties weren't that successful.
0: Posing a remark, Rob. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Gigantic yawn. But seriously, what would you like to leave us with?
3: Oh my. Um. Damn. And that's all we have from Rob. Uh, I am
0: going to just be uh, Debbie Downer on the group, and it's not just because I'm in opposition. It's because I almost, to a certainty, know that I'm going to hate these films. My God! So if you're
3: coming at it like that, then how can you? You're not even leaving in a possibility for, for them to to, to win it.
0: me over. Look, as a fan of GI Joe practically all my life. I would love to see it done justice. Even if it's in a setting that is not to your liking, Cujo. Even if it's alongside Mobile Assault Strike Command as they take on Cobra and the Agents of Venom uh, in a race to obtain Rom the Space Knight's technology and use it to conquer the Microverse along with the Visionaries and their Animal Totem friends. You're hired. <laughs> Thank you. I know, but I, I managed to string that all together in one sentence. uh Next time with no breath. But the smart money is, is unfortunately stacked against it. These properties never existed in one shared universe before. It would be ham to throw them together, and ultimately it smells like a cash grab to me, which probably means it is. And you said it, Paul, that means more money. That means more interest. That means, hopefully, generating more toys and quality toys that we want to buy. Did it happen with Michael Bay's Transformers? You might argue yes. But are those toys that I want to buy? I'm afraid they're tainted with the Bay stink. I can't touch them. I want Masterpiece Transformers only because they remind me of the 80s and the iconic non-pimp-my-ride versions of the characters that I know and love. Fully. I watched a few minutes of Transformers Extinction, which almost ended me, because this is not my Transformers yeah, that at all. Because
3: you don't earn a single Michael Bay Transformers Transformer.
0: But just to put it out there, dude, it
2: still made a shit ton of money, and Takara still feels safe in releasing that kind of product. Like they still feel, oh, there's a market because you know that Transformers extinction, as much as it sucked, did exceptionally well in Asian territories.
0: It did exceptionally well worldwide. It made itself its own thing. And that's fine because it will attract its own audiences. People will flock to the cinema because they want that thrill ride that they know Michael Bay's Transformers or Ninja Turtles will provide. But to us, die hard G.I. Joe fans we are being dealt several disservices by G.I. Joe's live-action outings, and I don't think there is much chance of the Hasbro Cinematic Universe turning that around. All of a sudden, we're going to find the love again. I feel like we're headed down a pretty dark path, and it takes it quite away away from the kind of Joe that we really, really want to see. Stephen, will you tag me
1: in for a second, brother? Mister McSnorty, take it home. Nice. Psychic. Um, G.I. Joe is one of those rare brands that can grow with the fan base. We don't need to go backwards. Like, the world is a lot smaller. Violence is a lot realer to a lot of people. G.I. Joe is a hard brand to kind of uh, do it right nowadays. Take it back to the 80s. Like, show us vibrant colors. Find the Cartoon Network fan base. Find the disenfranchised fan tell us stories about our nation through the lens of these outrageous characters. Like, come on Hasbro, like stop messing around. That's all.
2: Remember that GI Joe, the original, uh, figure, figure. And I'm talking about from the like uh, sixties and seventies was a figurine where it was bought because, you know, your dad or your uncle or your big brother were on their way, you know, you know, they were conscripted and they were, you know, put into military service. And, these figures were a way of you still kind of staying connected with them in a weird way like you know they were you were essentially turning your family members into your heroes or your heroes were turning into your family members and it was a propaganda tool let's not mess around i mean it was it was like hey you know what girls have got barbie and Bobby's like at that time barbie was like inspirational for young girls and You know, influential so like here we got these military figures and oh your dad or your uncle your big brother was in the army or is going to the army or whatever to go and fight big bad communism or nazis or whatever the hell at the time and uh, right now it's terrorism and that's one angle where i feel that gi joe is lost like i know it sounds silly but we're in a world now where if you want a figurine that closely represents what your bigger brother i'm not saying this about everybody's big brother and I'm I'm definitely excusing people who have done military service, but the thing is, like, a lot of the times, if if we had to make that figure today with that same concept, it's like, oh, here comes G.I. Joe, this one's the protester, this one's the one that sits outside Wall Street, this one's a vegan, this one's a hipster, look at them, they can do absolutely fuck all. That's one of the problems. I'm not saying that soldiers are heroes, don't misunderstand me, but there's nothing deeper to to G.I. Joe in the eyes of children other than seeing an army man like that's that's where they they're getting a bit lost you know that's why i I still think that the gi joe films put so much emphasis on the ninja stuff because they feel that oh okay you know a ninja is still some form of fantasy that we can sell kids what a spirited
0: discussion Indeed.
2: Of course it's going to be. It's something that's very important to us.
0: (laughs) On the topic of the Hasbro Cinematic Universe will enhance our hobby, we're going to let the audience decide. Let us know your thoughts on uh, the Hasbro Cinematic Universe, your hobby, and whether or not you think that it will be improved or not, or left largely unaffected. By seeing these cinematic outings that feature not only G.I. Joe, but Rom the Space Knights, the Visionaries, Mask, and the Micronauts.
2: Oh, and can I throw in one more thing?
1: Oh
0: my god. I'm not gonna (laughs) stop you, but. (laughs) I would like. (laughs) It's bedtime, motherfucker.
2: I wanna put up a poll, and I would like to see from our listeners, uh, on top of like asking them if they think uh, that, you know, it's gonna be successful or not if it was successful in a hypothetical situation who do they think is the property that's going to be the most well received out of the bunch you know some of you might say rom the space knight rom might be the most popular thing ever after these films or it could even be the the, the visionaries you know it could be the micronauts for all i know but i'd love to hear what our listeners think is is a cool thing and you know if you if you have kids or whatever ask them what they think is cool i'd love to know that too
0: this has been episode 66 of G.I. Joeberg. If you want to check out that poll, go to our Facebook page. Just search G.I. Joeberg and you'll find us. <laughs> like us and share the page with your friends. We don't do much, but it's your way of getting hold of us.
1: This has been Stephen. And Robert. Special Missions Cujo uh, checking out. Uh, we're coming for you, Hasbro.
2: Uh, This is Paul also reminding you to check out the really awesome DI Joe book review on YouTube of the MCC. Signing out and see you next time, folks. Peace!